Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hockey Jersey Addicts. Today's episode is with Penn's jerseys, aka Josh. I imagine you can guess what his favorite team is. So yes, Josh's trivia is going to be Penguins themed, and yes, this is back-to-backs Penguins fans, but we are in no way double dipping on topics here. I'm having Penn's jerseys on because I wanted to get to know more about the guy behind the lens of a YouTube series he produced on how to customize your hockey jerseys. It's incredibly informative, and you can check it out on our website, www.hockeyjerseys.com. Josh has a very powerful few stories on how sport has been a big part of his personal and professional life, and the underlying theme is very much how hockey jersey collecting leads to making new connections with people within the sport, how memories are formed in those times together, and how more people in our community deserve the opportunity to have those memories. So before we dive into our episode with Josh and see if he can get through some Lemieux trivia, spoiler alert, he wanted me to bring it, so I did, I want to take five minutes with you guys and mention five causes you can look up and take action on right now to help make hockey and sport more inclusive for everyone. So rather than picking up from a variety of incredible causes, I went with a theme because today is February 1st, and it marks the beginning of Black History Month. And so these five causes are all aimed in helping sport with race being a component, if not the focus of their mission in some way. So first off, number one, Black Girls Hockey Club. This is a nonprofit and they want to inspire and sustain passion for the game of hockey within the Black community, specifically with our mothers, sisters, daughters, and friends. They provide education, scholarship opportunities, and community spaces that will give Black women access to hockey. And their scholarship opportunities include funding for equipment, hockey camps, tournaments, seasonal dues, and stuff like that. And today, they are announcing their winners of their winter season applications. And the deadline for summer is April 1st. So check that out. Black Girls Hockey Club. All this month, they're also doing um, hosting self-care Sundays. So definitely just check out Black Girls Hockey Club. Number two is RISE, R-I-S-E, which stands for Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality. And this is a nonprofit focused on educating and empowering the sports community at large to eliminate racial discrimination, 
champion social justice, and improve race relations. A great option for all sports, and they also have a partnership with the NHL right now and USA Hockey's Diversity and Inclusion Sect, in which they provide training to some of their programs like blind hockey and sled hockey. Number three, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. They are the changing the face of hockey by eradicating systemic racism and intolerance in the sport. Not only do they want to educate on the issues, provide scholarships, and promote important programs like unconscious bias training, so a lot like numbers one and two together, um, they also aim in holding hockey league leaders like the NHL and the WIHF more accountable for their actions, or in recent cases, lack thereof. Because a prime example is how recently the HDA broke their former partnership tie with the NHL after seeing the NHL's lack of effort. That doesn't mean they aren't committed to working with the league. They are just choosing not to associate as a partner with the NHL at this time because so far the HDA believes the NHL hasn't done their part. So very committed, very passionate about what they're doing. So there's three. And numbers four and five are set together because they're very much for our main audience members across USA and Canada. That is the USA Hockey Foundation and Hockey Canada Foundation. They are both the portion of USA Hockey and Hockey Canada, respectively, that are focusing on using hockey to build a better community. But within each one of these countries' foundations, you can look to get involved at a very general level or very specific causes with uh, very specific mission statements. So you could do something like get involved with sled hockey or get involved with the Paralympics. You could get involved with youth hockey programs across the country or ones closer to your area, maybe even geared specifically towards women. So, all right, that's five. We'll run through them again really quickly. It's Black Girls Hockey Club, RISE, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and then USA Hockey Foundation and Hockey Canada Foundation. So thanks for listening. Quick reminder, um, February 4th on NBCSN, the NWHL, that's the National Women's Hockey League, is airing the semifinals, and then the finals are the next day. And you can catch the last few games of the season from the NWHL's uh, Twitch page. And if you don't know what Twitch is, that's fine. You can go and watch the NWHL action through their website, which is www.nwhl.zone. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening and enjoy our interview with Penn's jerseys. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Hockey Jersey Addicts. It's Dan, a.k.a. Van Can Fan 75 And today I have the pleasure to be joined by another amazing Pittsburgh Penguins jersey collector and addict, uh, Penn's jerseys, adequately named, also known as Josh. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Why don't you say hi to all of our listeners out there? Yeah, hey man, thanks. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Um, I've I gotta say I've really enjoyed um, 
I think you might have like five to six some episodes now. Um, I just really loved listening to those this year. Um, it's been fantastic. So I'm really, really thrilled to be here. Thanks. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Um, I maybe need to make your trivia questions a little easier later just to keep you happy because um, you've been <laughs> such a good supporter and everyone's been passing it. So I'm like, come on, maybe I'm making this a little too easy, but no, I'm just kidding. I really appreciate your support too. I want to kind of start at the beginning with uh, you about exactly how you go from casually owning potentially just one hockey jersey to deciding one day, you know what, I think I need to make a seven part video series on how to customize <laughs> your own jersey. So take us through the journey for you a little bit. Yeah. Um, so dirty secret, my first jersey actually wasn't a hockey jersey. It was in fact a, oh, it gets dirty or two, a fake uh, Troy Polamalu Steelers jersey. Um, it's kind of interesting that I feel like most of us, uh, at least a couple of times I've heard so far in your your different episodes, people admit to that, yeah, I mean, that's just where we seem to start. Yep. A lot of us kind of get duped by that first fake jersey. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, like I said, my, uh, my family actually was a, a football family. Being from Pittsburgh, you know, everybody's a Steelers fan. Um, and, you know, just growing up, my, my house was a Steelers household. Uh, we really didn't have cable until I was probably in middle school. Um, and just the availability to watch games and such were mostly relegated to whatever you could get over the air. Um, so in that case, a lot of it was just whatever was on the, the major network. So Steelers, here we go. Um, mm-hmm. And the, as far as the other teams in the city, the Pirates were and have been not great since I was in about second grade. Uh, <laughs> hey, Cubs and, fan, no, no explanation needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and quite honestly, it's, it's looking back, it's a shame. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, my, my focus is almost entirely is entirely on just the penguins. And so uh, it's really sad for me to know that my entire childhood, you know, I, I'm honestly, I've missed all of the, the Mario and Yager heyday years you know i missed those early cups I, I was aware it was happening but i never got to watch them live um and it wasn't until probably uh geez i would say maybe early 2000 2001 something like that um my now wife my girlfriend at the time she, her family was a huge hockey family huge penguin family um you know, her parents were divorced and, you know, whenever I would go visit her at both houses, both houses were huge hockey families. So it was just like, wow, I have, I've got this huge two family system to really kind of teach me the game and, and, you know, and, and learn whatever I can. Um, so, you know, I, I'm very proud to say that my wife is what got me into hockey. She's very excited whenever I admit that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Around 2009 or so, uh, I bought my first, um, what I thought was authentic uh, Steelers jersey. Um, I was an enormous uh, Troy Polamalu fan. Um, he, he was, was head and shoulders the... above the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had that one teed up for a couple seconds, didn't you? <laughs> I did, for sure. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's just one of these players that was just so interesting to watch. I've never seen somebody else like him play football like that. And so, uh, 
2009 was around that time. It was, you know, 2008, 2009 with those first couple of years of the Crosby Malkin area that they were mm. going to the cup. And, you know, we had our little stint in Pittsburgh as city of champions because the Steelers were mm-hmm. at and winning Super Bowls at the same time. And, um, you know, I just, I, I've always wanted an authentic jersey. So I went out and I thought I got an authentic football jersey and wouldn't, you know, it, I mean, it still looks pretty decent. Um, but, you know, within a couple of weeks of buying it, Every every time around Super Bowls, Stanley Cup, whatever, you always see on the local news these little segments about oh how to tell if you're if you're buying you know mm-hmm. big merchandise mm-hmm. and and dang yeah I'm pretty sure that got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after that, like I said, you know I'm, I'm I've been at that point 2009 about eight or nine years into you know being a hockey fan and um, even. As as much as it sucked, you know, knowing that I, that I got that fake jersey, finally feeling, you know, the heavyweight quality, what it was like or what it could be like, I was like, you know, I, I really, I, I want to start looking into hockey jerseys. Like, you know, that growing up as a kid, the, that diagonal Pittsburgh uh, that they just kind of did the re- uh, reverse retro for mm-hmm. um, for this year, that was one of my favorite jerseys growing up, and it was my wife's also. Um, and then like 92 looking back seeing that angry penguin i was like you know i gotta i gotta do this so um <laughs> i hopped into uh, ebay and just every day just started looking around on ebay searching every day and eventually i found somebody that was selling a <laughs> a yager of the, the diagonal pittsburgh jersey um do you like your players with big flowing black manes of hair coming out the back, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, you know, uh, speaking of which, both him, uh, Latang's another one of my, my favorite players. Um, oh, I've actually, yeah. speaking of, I've spent this whole year, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to work, working from home. I can wear a hat, absolutely, if I want to for work during the day. I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the hair grow out. I've gotten a couple of Yager comments this year, so <laughs> <laughs> I still think yeah. if you send in a jersey to be customized to Yager, it should come back with a free like mullet wig. Yeah, I think that would just make me a customer for life. But sorry to sidetrack you there. Uh, but please continue. It's great. It's all related. Um, no, so I found this Yager jersey, the diagonal Pittsburgh uh, model from '93. And it wasn't very expensive. It was like maybe nine. And uh, quickly, it was a buy it now. I think I bought it. Bought it off this this person. And then I was like, you know what? I love the jogger, but who knows? I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw hair hail mary. Send them a private message to see if they have anything else. Uh, message that ended up being this lady. And I said, you know, do you, do you have any other jerseys by chance that you're selling? She goes, you know, believe it or not. Um, I actually have another one that's hanging in the closet. It's my son's. It's the same jersey, and it's a Mario. She said they're both the exact same size, size 44. I'm a smaller guy, and you know my wife's a pretty small girl. Um, I asked her, well, would you be willing to sell that one too? <laughs> way, way, way to bury the lead. That's that's the best right. one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so she's, you know what? Let me get back to you. Give me a give me a day or so. I'll ask my son because um, honestly, since the day I bought it, it's just hung in the closet. Both of these jerseys had the tags still on them. It was amazing. Oh, um, so she she messages me back uh, the next day, and she goes, "Yeah, he said for one hundred and twenty dollars, it's yours." And I was like, "Yes, sold." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> except funds except right. funds <laughs> so I, I was pumped you know I, these both come through the mail and I get them both and it was just that first time 
you know, getting to actually what was a real authentic jersey, being able to hold it, feel the weight of it, feel the just the the different materials. Like, man, I've never, you know, I played sports most of my young life growing up, and you had these chintzy uniforms and and whatnot jerseys uh, for youth sports and stuff, and being able to feel that was just so cool. Um, <clears throat> and uh, actually, another quick side story, believe it or not, my wife doesn't even remember this. I've, I've learned this yesterday. Uh, but whenever I, I, I gifted the, the Lemieux to her for Christmas that year, and um, again, that's her favorite jersey. Lemieux's her favorite player. I go over to her house that year, and um, um, I throw Lemieux jersey on first, throw my Yager on top of that, and then I put my winter coat on. And I think I'm being really cool and dramatic, whatever. I come over and uh, said, oh, hey, I got you a Christmas present I think you're really going to like. And I take my jacket off. And she sees the, the diagonal picture. She goes, oh, my God, is that for me? I said, yeah. And I kind of turn around. She sees the auger. She goes, oh, I mean, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I've always, I, I think that's really awesome. I've always really wanted to look. I was like, wow, what, how, how convenient is that? And I pulled it off and she sees the you underneath. I was like, hey, I got us a pair. We can, you know, go to the games together, wear, wear the dynamic duo together, whatever. She was super excited. So fast forward to literally yesterday. And earlier this year, she had wanted the reverse retro jersey because, like I said, it plays off of her favorite jersey mm-hmm. from you know whenever she was a kid. And I kind of replayed the same thing. I kind of packed them in a big box, and I put the reverse retro jerseys at the bottom, and I kind of layered it back up so that whenever she opened the box, the yard was on top, the Lemieux that I got her was underneath that, and then the reverse retro. Again, mm-hmm. thinking I'm being really funny, really cool. And she opens it up. And she sees the auger and she lifts it up and it was almost like an exact repeat. She's like, wow, this is so cool. But like, don't we already have this? And I was like, yeah, maybe keep looking. <laughs> so she digs through the box, <laughs> sees the Lemieux, then she sees the reverse retro and she's like, oh, wow. This is, she loved it. It was, she was amazing. <laughs> but after it was over, I was like, you do remember that that's the way I gifted you the Lemieux like all those years ago, right? She goes, what? No, that's not true. I said, yeah, it definitely is. So that's a fail. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh that's so awesome i love that story though it's like it's like maybe back then like her eyes just got so wide that like the (laughs) the peripheral parts of the story just like were forgot or whatever but yeah so that that was uh, a win because she liked the jersey but a fail because she forgot all of it but that's okay that's Um, you know but to take it to that level of even to (laughs) gift it like that that's pretty cool man you know hey hey. you you win some you lose some (laughs) i can i can relate to that i um the way i have my pittsburgh jersey i have a uh 92 paul coffee and i got it because i was buying a winnipeg jets original like ccm vintage one and then i wrote them and was like by the way do you have any other jerseys <laughs> and they were like well i've got this other one just just hanging up in the closet i was like and it's customized to paul coffee like that's awesome yeah. like yeah. with the a on it and everything in the 77 like send that over like yeah. come on like you're saying don't don't bury the lead like that mm. would uh but uh, it's just funny how sometimes that is worth like everyone out there listening if somebody has a jersey that you really like and you're like also collecting 
definitely ask that person if they have more because I've gotten like yes. a few towards the same collection I'm building by asking that. Oh, I didn't think anyone would want that. Well, I do. And I'm going to try to not act super excited that you have one right now and please sell it to me. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't even, you're absolutely right. Um, if you didn't say it, I was going to ask, you just don't know. I mean, little old ladies have the stuff sitting in the house, like their kids, their kids stuff is just still hanging there that they don't, they don't, not that they don't care about, but it's just, they outgrew it or whatever. Just ask. I, exactly the same thing. I years ago, this is probably maybe the second, maybe the second purchase I made on eBay. Um, I'd just been scouring it every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I ended up finding um I don't even really remember why he was one of my favorite players, but something caught my eye the one day. Uh a local guy here in Pittsburgh uh, on eBay listed a game worn Jimmy Pack jersey, and it was just, oh man, I just love Jimmy Pack. Open that up. And it was a game-worn jersey. I'm not going to be able to spend that kind of money on it. Um, just like most people starting out, like it was hard. It was easy to spend $100. Anything beyond $100, $150, like just starting out, it was like, mm, I can't really justify that. Or it was mm -hmm. hard to. Um, but again, like I just, I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, like, you know, the the pack is way outside of my wheelhouse, but do you have anything else? Penguin related. I was like, I'd love to find something that same model it was a 92 cup jersey. And he goes, Well, actually, believe it or not, yeah, I've got a, a size 52, which is too big for me. But considering what he said after that, I couldn't say no. Um, so then I have a size 52. It was an original team issue jersey. He's like, You can look at the, the tag, like the hang tag. So you can tell it's team issue because there's no like punch mark for where they would hang like the the center ice collection thing. tag or yeah. whatever yeah um so that was my first little introduction to any kind of like jersey history it was that little tidbit right there um it's just you know i have this this it's not a team issued or uh i'm sorry it's not it wasn't a game issued for mario but it was a team issued jersey he took the jersey slapped mario on it um it's got an authentic badger bob, bob patch on it uh authentic 75th anniversary authentic 25th anniversary patch and i said oh my god how much do you want for that and he goes eh. I do like 350, something like that. And so, yeah, like I said, like that's three times more than anything that I bought so far, roughly. And so I was like, hey, look, do you think you can? I'm still in college, funds are a little tight. Would you be willing to do even 325? And he said, yes. So, yeah, just ask. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. It's still one of my, my most prized jerseys today. I mean, um, I ended up getting uh, an authentic 92 patch, which I put on a uh, little, what I learned later was like the, the shape of the ultra fill swatch that they used to sew that over top of the 75th patch. So that is definitely one of my, and people use the term all the time, grails. I mean, I got it literally at the very beginning just because I randomly asked somebody. So yeah, definitely ask. You never know. Yep. And that's awesome. And I'm I'm a big fan of the, 75th year that 92 season whatever whatever you want to call it um and there's some really cool things even within that patch like when the blackhawks made it out of the um regular season and into the playoffs mm -hmm. then the um stanley cup playoff patch was sewn, uh or maybe it was the finals patch was sewn over the 75 patch so when you sometimes see um team issued or 
authentic ones up for sale, which for the record is also way out of my wheelhouse. You will also see like the ghosting of one patch underneath it. And to your point about Jersey history, like that actually makes it, some people would be like, Oh, that's a defect. It's like, actually that makes Mm. it more real. That's, that's how you kind of know actually. And it's like, Oh, all right. And the rabbit hole begins. Right. And then all of a sudden you're just like involved way more than you thought you were. And, and, and go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's a really good kind of like, you know, to pull us back in. So like your original question, I mean, I think from seeing that original first Jersey, like I said, just all the detail and the weight of it, how cool it was. And then to start learning all of the different sub details. So like you just mentioned the, the ultra fill swatch material that they used to put the, the cup hatcher over the 75th. Um, little tidbits about like that that retail hang note that 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 seller told me about um just the different details on being able to to figure out the authentic patches versus not for like 91 and 92 cut patches it's so hard to find and just being able to look at one just via photo and say yep that's a real thing um that hunt i think is really what got me into all this um and I mean, obviously, at this point, it's, uh, you're all aware, you know, I'm a big jersey collector. I freaking love patches. i got a huge patch collection. I'm, my dad <laughs> was a pin collector. I've got all these freaking penguins and NHL-related pins hanging on a, a felt banner on the, the door over my oh, left Oh, cool. Here. Nice. Um, it's just that, that, that drive to find all this history. Like, are any of my jerseys, you know, worn by a superstar in a game? No. But it's still, in a way, kind of preserving that team history, the the hockey history that kind of thing i think that's some of the coolest things to me and that's what really kind of got me into all of this are you aware of the nhl's patch book i am not i don't think so this might ruin you uh they (laughs) as a patch guy and also someone who likes you know using that to help with history back in the 90s as other commemorative stuff to do the 75 year they also came out with um, a patch, embroidered patch that you could collect. And there was something like 30 or 35 of them, maybe even a little bit more. And they included teams that were existing in the NHL right now, but they also included patches of teams that didn't even really make it into the formal NHL record books and stuff like that. Oh. Or, or you'll see one for like, uh, like in the collection for the Portland Rosebuds. And you're like, who the hell are they? <laughs> and, and you're just fascinated because the embroidery work is also really cool, but mm. you should check into that. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, anyway, that, uh, that sounds really cool. And that actually really quick, that, kind of makes me think of you know again back to the details uh i don't even remember what year it was uh maybe in the 70s at some point even just things like i remember seeing on on, on the pen jerseys one of those years uh, as a remembrance to i think it was i don't think it was a player it might have been a coach or something that had passed away they had this black strip that they put on the arm i think mm-hmm. um and it, so it wasn't a patch but it kind of was and and if you weren't if you didn't dig into those details you probably never even would have known especially back then what it was so yeah that kind of stuff's really cool yeah this is probably a great point to give uh 
our buddy Chris DeLorme a shout out because this guy is making some really cool books about the history of the NHL related to jerseys or patches. And he's got one that came out um, called the history of the hockey Jersey. And he's working on a new one directly related to the Pittsburgh Penguins history. And that one outlines the 50 plus years of um, hockey for the Penguins. Uh, so there's people out there that are doing a really good job of trying to capture the history, both at the NHL level at large, but also for specific teams. I think this is his maybe like second specific team book. He did one for the Ottawa senators he mm-hmm. also did one for the, he's doing one for the penguins and he's done two for the NHL, like mm-hmm. overall. And really, really interesting stuff. Highly recommend you guys uh, do a Google search for the Jersey book or the history of the hockey jersey by Chris DeLorme. But um, I'm not bringing him up just as a shout out, but also just to like say as a Penguins collector like yourself and someone who likes patches or just the jerseys. It's it's probably one of the coolest things. And I know you agree with me because we're both addicted to hockey jerseys, but I think a cool way of showing someone the history of your team is through hockey jerseys. Like you can visually take them through the history of their team and point to the jersey as ways of indicating, you know, what this has done to the team over time. So, yeah, no, uh, no apologies necessary. Uh, literally, I have notes here for myself while we talk. And if you weren't going to bring them up, I was. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, no, it was. Um, Quite honestly, you know, going back to what got me into all of this, um, I don't remember when exactly it was, but I ended up finding the old ice jerseys forums years ago. Um, just as I couldn't find as much stuff on eBay, I figured I'd start looking up different forums. I found, you know, some of the like gameworn.net forums, and it wasn't, it was related, but not really. Nobody really sold what I was looking for there, but it was a good step. And then eventually, I, I don't know if it was through one of them, but, uh, I ended up finding ice jerseys and mm. um chris actually was definitely the biggest source of information for me trying to learn what i was doing as i was trying to find these different jerseys learning some you know backgrounds little did i know he was working on the first jersey book like you mentioned um i'm sure i don't know how long it took him to you know, bring it all together but i know looking back like he was constantly bringing jerseys in reselling them what I ended up learning later was, you know, he's finding these jerseys, he's, you know, it's a huge labor of love, uh, being able to get these jerseys in, take photos of them. I think he has a, a section of it up on his webpage about it. Um, a picture, I think of him or maybe his assistant, like up on a chair, taking a picture of the Jersey on a white background, uh, uh he's mm-hmm. doing all this work for his book. Um, he just had so much information. And I, I think you've said, you know, and maybe it was the episode with Dex previously, just, people's willingness to be able to uh, share freely. Um, now, in this case, he's selling the book, but I will gladly buy that book every day of the week. It's got so much great information in it. And, you know, in the context of the forums, he was always going out of his way to share information and, you know, teach people. And especially for someone like me <clears throat> that was still so new and at the time didn't quite have the eye for the detail and was easily fooled by um, if anybody remembers, you know, the, the old Griffin food special, they call, it, uh, 
they had a user called Griffin Food just sold these notoriously bad fake jerseys. And uh, on a quick glance, I wasn't quite able to figure them out at, that, at first. And just his willingness to help anybody and everybody on those forums. Um, I have basically three key people that just I've absorbed everything from, at least Penguins related. Um, and uh, he's definitely at the top of my list. Um, the other two being uh, Joe Toman that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. resells all the, the jerseys for the team. Um, back the actual game worn jerseys. Uh, I have very little, you know, interaction with him. I've only ever bought one thing from him, but my God, uh, he's not too far from where I live. Maybe a little less than an hour. And uh, I bought a, uh, I don't even remember who the player was at this point. Uh, I was on a hunt for a gold toe jersey, the 88 version um, of the Penn's jersey. And he had one, some lesser known name for sale. And uh, I bought it from him, you know, online. And I asked about shipping and stuff. He goes, yeah, I mean, if you're local, you could always just stop up at the at my office and take a look and see what else is here. And I was like, well. Come to the Willy Wonka yeah. chocolate factory. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, if if my wife was free, my God, I, I would have loved to have taken her to see all this. Um, but for anybody who else doesn't know, uh, he's he's like I said, the the, the guy that buys all of the game worn jerseys from the team, and then he resells them. He's the, the official reseller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just got just racks and racks and racks of all of these game worn jerseys from the Penguins. But then he also has his own personal collection, and. Oh my God, just walking in, it was amazing. Like I, I got the same smile on my face right now that I did then. It was just <laughs> seeing, like we were in this big, the big warehouse, this one garage, and he showed me, I think it was like two or three racks of, I don't remember what season it was, maybe 2012, of all the jerseys he had from that season he just got in. And he's showing me, like just nonchalantly, oh yeah, here's Crosby, here, here's Garen, whatever. I don't, I don't even remember, just the massive names. Oh my God, this is so incredible. And he goes, oh, you want to go to the other room to see some more? I was like, the other room? <laughs> so there's just multiple rooms he took me to. And then eventually, like, we went, we we evened up. I, I you know, paid him. Uh, he gave me the jersey. It was in his office. And just, my God, walking into his office. Again, this is something you'll see if you go to, to Chris's website. He has a photo, like, just kind of nonchalantly back in a cabinet. He was showing me all these different jerseys and he kind of pulled some aside and here's a couple of Bobby casually sitting in a cabinet behind his desk. Oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. Um, It's amazing. Ridiculous. That's what it is. And I know the only way you can be so seemingly nonchalant or casual about dropping just so much history and significance of a jersey in such a blase way is because you've been doing it for so long yeah i don't think he intentionally is trying to come across that way it's just like he's not numb to it it's just this is his existence and it's like damn dude i'm not ready for this like it's it's crazy i know exactly what you're talking about i'm on that page right now looking it up it's just racks on racks of history and um Man, it's it's a it's great that you have had that experience. We're not going to advocate for people to go check <laughs> out someone's house. Um, I know if in the wrong circles, if I said 
to you like hey do you want to come over to my house and check out my basement one day like that would be <laughs> creepy but you'd get down there and you'd be like oh, okay something's going on this guy has got too much quarantine time on his hands and you'd be right um i'm i'm curious i think i know who the other of the three of these people that you are uh, gonna mention is um mm-hmm. who who is it is it is it does his last name start with a b uh yeah actually it does yeah. uh yeah eric Barr. um mm-hmm. he is he is and this is no particular order uh eric right. uh, just talk about so you just mentioned how like for joe it was probably very you know this is his existence and it's just he's done this for so long to him it's also a business so like he's just very matter of fact about some things um but obviously he's got a huge passion for it but eric was kind of like the f- exact opposite i met him um and i'll be quite honest he we've in person interacted once or twice again um and it was uh you mentioned not advocating going to somebody check out somebody's house or whatever <laughs> uh the nice thing is is at least in pittsburgh obviously they didn't do it this year um it's been quite a few years now they've had a just a, a penguins hockey jersey expo um I think this year they had planned on moving it to Cranberry near the um, the Lemieux practice facility. Um, but for most of the years prior, it was at the, the big red church building directly next to the PPG Paints Arena. And, you know, Joe has all of the game one collectors have every single jersey. You walk in and it's just it's Penguins heaven. Every major um, you had Joe, you had Eric. Uh, mm-hmm. Casey Samuelson, who owns uh, the Penguins Chronicles website, Casey's got a crazy collection of like some of the biggest Mario jerseys ever. Um, so you can absolutely see all these in person. I mean, Joe, Joe and Eric have even made a, a display quite a few years back, I think, a couple years ago, at a Penguins game. Further uh, leading up to the holidays, I think they kept doing different theme nights. So there was like a '70s and '80s theme, and they brought in all their '70s jerseys. Oh man. Um, that's the last thing any of us need <laughs> is being contacted by the club being like, you know, you can do a better job of showing the history than anyone else. Like <laughs> our partners are just eye rolling at us. Like, yeah. see, you've just pumped his tires to a whole other level. There's no, okay. like, you know, yeah. I can imagine the sense of pride that must have brought to those uh, people too. Must have been so fun. Yeah. Um, Cause from everything I get from people like Eric and Joe, like they're, they're as passionate. I don't want to like put their words in their mouth. I actually hope to have them on the show at one point and oh. talk to them about it. But um, I feel like part of the reason that I'm collecting as well is to make sure some of the history of the game is preserved um, in some fashion. I don't know how. I'm just yeah. really making sure that people don't forget about this stuff and are aware of this. And um, it's just amazing how you can walk into a room and see one Jersey and it leads to a conversation about something that you didn't expect. And it was valuable, like super oh, valuable. Right. I mean, and that was the thing with Eric, whenever I met him at, at one of these, these, uh, the Penn's Jersey expos, um, I'd been aware of his name. I had seen his, his personal website, um, rather than having anything like a Flickr or uh, Instagram album, he had his own, um, I think it's Steel City Gamers website that I stumbled on. I think I found his stuff through like the GameWarn.net forums, and just looking at everything he had, like I was aware of what he had. And then whenever I ended up meeting him in person, 
I mean, the guy just had so much knowledge and we literally sat there like talk about somebody that like he could, he could have literally his own podcast, just talking about penguin jerseys all day. That's what I felt like I was sitting there in person talking to him about, like I was just an audience member listening to him talk Mm -hmm. for probably 45 minutes, just about how the team had, uh, I think it was the year that they, that they lost to the Islanders way back in the seventies or whatever. Um, it was, I think the, maybe it might've been the year that they were up three Oh, and they came back, the Islanders came back and then just walloped us. And, and the team was so frustrated. I think he said that they threw away the jerseys and, uh, they might've like stripped the, the crest off the jerseys. And he just talked at length, like 20 minutes, just about the crest with the amount of knowledge these guys had and, and willingness to be able to sit there and talk and, and teach you, like I said, the three of those, there's definitely been more, way more, uh, so many helpful people on ice jerseys forum so many people that are helpful now on on reddit on facebook um but for me those are the top three especially penguins related because they just they just had so much knowledge they were willing to just sit there and talk to you forever about absolutely and i mean we don't want to speculate as to why they are so uh forthcoming with the information but i i believe a part of it is going back to how you got involved and it's your origin story isn't too different from mine and a lot of others. And you even mentioned it, how you kind of get into it and then you might get duped into a fake. (laughs) And then you, there's this part of you that doesn't want other people to have that experience. Or Mm. there's also this part of you that like, will get to a stage of collecting where you'll recognize that, um, you know, for me, I want to customize this Jersey, but then you look over your shoulder and you realize got about 20 that you want to customize (laughs) and then you're like adding up the numbers and you're like that's a lot of shipping and math and and finances i might want to do this myself instead and so you know that's also helpful when people will Mm -hmm. like point you in the right direction of this is where you should buy your kits from or um even people being willing to tell you like oh you're going to sew, you need these needles and this kind of thread and these suppliers, et et cetera. It's like, why are you a helping me B? Why do you, why do you know all of this? And, and it's all just because we spend not an exorbitant amount of time or that's the wrong word. We, we enjoy how we're spending our time. We, and people like Chris writing these books, just want to curate the information for you to keep you involved with spending your time in this hobby, but not needing to spend 20 hours researching something I already know, you know, move on better the community in a different way. Take those 20 hours and give back in another situation and sense. So I'm writing, I'm writing articles and doing a podcast. You're, you're making movies. So <laughs> what, what's going on there and how can we like learn from you now? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is all flown together. So, so well, <laughs> back to, uh, ice jerseys again. And, and Chris, like he was doing so much unbeknownst to a lot of people. Um, and he actually was the one that, you know, I learned a lot of stuff from, you know, how to, he did full like text forum posts about how to strip a jersey how to use acetone to pull off you know maybe any kind of residue or help up numbers and he was just showing all these different things and i'm like you know what i I mean i've been artistic all my life 
Um, I can draw well. I can do digital art, all different things. And I'm fairly handy. And I was like, I think I can do this. And he's given me literally like step-by-step written out in text with photos. I can definitely do this. He's making, like you said, so easy. Like, don't, don't waste your time. Here's how to do it. And then maybe we can pick up, pick up some other things. So, um, again, even more than Chris, he just happened to be one of the biggest contributors. So many people on that forum had so much knowledge. Um, which was for me why earlier this year when we thought that the, all that knowledge was lost when that forum went down, um, it, it was heartbreaking because it was just, that is such a big piece of like, you know, if you want to call it my origin story, that, that, that forum is it that had so many helpful people, so much information. It was a shame that it would be lost. Um, and, you know, kind of looking at, Reddit now today, looking at Discord, looking at Facebook, I just kept seeing a lot of the same questions over and over and over again. Like, how do you strip a jersey? How do you? I think Dex may have made a. I think he made a, a tutorial on how to do that. And um, so a lot of those tutorials were kind of done and out of the way. They might have been scattered across the internet, but if you knew where to go, you could find them, or you could point other people in that direction. Um, so, like you said, I, I don't recall ever seeing anybody really doing any kind of like how to sew videos um because i mean you you nailed it on the head that's exactly one of the biggest reasons why i started doing it myself was because all the good places to go for the most part are up in canada so Mm -hmm. for me to ship something to canada and having to deal the massive pain of dealing with the usps to ship something to canada the customs and all that crap Mm -hmm. And then having them customize it, which isn't necessarily cheap. Um, I don't want to say it's expensive, but it adds up with the shipping there, the shipping back. And I was like, you know what? Let's see what I can do with this. Um, Have them obviously do the work. I have a couple of shops that I deal with in Canada. They did do the kits for me. They send them back and I sell them on myself. so even just with the labor costs of them sewing it, a lot of times they'll, you know, not charge you for that, obviously, because they're not sewing it to the jersey, but they'll they'll make the kit and sell you just the kit. And it was amazing. Um, but man, it was a lot of work kind of getting set up at first uh, with the confidence, not necessarily for me personally doing the work itself, just the confidence of actually like, wow, this is a lot of money I could potentially mess up. Um Totally. Spoiler alert, there's not much you can actually mess up as long as you're careful, but um, it's kind of like how I always used to tell my mom she was worried she'd like kill our computer if she hits the wrong button. I'm like, mom, there's, you can't, you can't nuke the computer by hitting one button. Uh, (laughs) But uh, this is kind of the same way as long as you're careful. Um, I had the added benefit of back when I was in like third or fourth grade. I don't even remember why my mom got me involved with this, but she was fairly close with my third grade teacher and um maybe looking back maybe it was just because my teacher knew that i was artistically inclined and i was always getting you know not yelled at but kind of scolded in class because i was doodling in my notebooks and not paying attention to her lessons (laughs) um (laughs) she she had a 4-h club after school uh i don't know once a week i think i maybe went for maybe like a couple of months one year um and honestly there was maybe like eight of us uh i was one of two guys in the class and they just taught us how to sew and i was like you know what sure whatever like i, I wasn't too into sports just yet then uh, as far as like participating and playing i wasn't a very good baseball player and my mom, my mom suggested it and i was like okay sure i'll give it a try 
I mean, who knew that all these years later, I'd actually be putting it towards something like taking that skill and putting it towards something sports related anyway. Um, but yeah, she taught us how to sew. I mean, I still have, it's kind of like shop class. Like I still have this stupid little bag that she taught us how to sew. <laughs> um, when you use it, we use, my family uses it for like a game bag that we, we play on the beach and stuff. Um, it was, it was very basic stuff, but at least I, it's kind of like, it was kind of like for me riding a bike. I had not touched a sewing machine since third or fourth grade, but I remembered as soon as I, like my mom had a sewing machine at home, um, she had passed away in 2011 when I had not started this journey with customizing jerseys just yet, but I knew it was there and then I could just go home and grab it and start messing around. And I mean, literally the second that I pulled that machine out, it was just like riding a bike. Like I knew exactly how to thread the thing. I knew exactly how to, you know, mess with the settings on it to get it to work. And from there, it was just, like I said, getting the confidence to actually do it. Um, so I would say my first, then I'd say this on a couple of those videos. My first suggestion would be to anybody trying to do this is get a machine. And if you strip some jerseys before, take those, never throw away those old numbers. Those are great resources for you if you're interested in doing this to start messing around. Like I just started with a t-shirt and threw an old number on it and just go to town on it. Um, I even still use those just to, if it's been a while since I've used the machine, I get a little cautious because one time I kind of not destroyed a number, but I kind of messed it up a little bit because the machine wasn't set quite right. Um, and uh, just kind of messed up and it, it didn't look the greatest. So now I use those always right before I, I, I start a new, a new job. I take one of those old numbers and just run a quick zigzag straight down through it just to make sure everything looks right. And then, okay, throw that back in a drawer, like actually work on New Jersey. Um, that's pretty smart. I definitely would have tossed out some numbers thinking <laughs> I'm never going to use this number 90 from the back of a Philadelphia Phil, uh, Flyers jersey ever again. But right. Smart. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, until I started doing it, I never would have thought about it either. Um, and probably the first couple of jerseys that I did have that I stripped, I probably threw them away. But like once I started getting into this, I was like, you know what? Let's, let's just keep those. Um, and even now, like I kind of offer those around if I've seen a couple of people recently, uh, I say, oh, yeah, I'd really like to do this, but I have nothing to practice on. I was like, look, if you want them, pay me a couple of dollars for shipping and I'll send you. I've got a whole stack of them sitting here. You can use these for practice and just, just give it a go. Um, see if it's for you. But, yeah, really, the thing that got me started doing this was really the focus on saving money. But then, again, for me, being artistically inclined, I was I was interested and willing to kind of take my artistic abilities and kind of apply them i apply them to my work life and now i'm applying them to something to collect uh so that was pretty cool for me and then like you said i'm looking at how all these other people are sharing their knowledge and what can i offer well i've been doing this for a couple of years now and now i see all these people asking like i said the same questions how do you how you go about sewing like well, where can i learn how to do this whatever the case might be i, I keep seeing this over and over and over again the last month couple months this whole year, the last two years, um, especially on Reddit, it has such a huge fan base of people that interact there. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, uh, you know, unfortunately, with everything going on with the world this year, I'm working from home. I've got all summer, and I've literally got a stack of eight jersey kits sitting on the table behind me. I've got a camera. I can do this. Uh, again, with what I do at work, I kind of know my way around some video editing software. Let's let's give it a go and then see what we can do. 
Um, and then hopefully, you know, I, I hosted them on YouTube. Obviously, that's one of the best places to do that. But also for me, it, it gave me some comfort knowing that, you know, going back to the ice jerseys, if that site goes down, all that information is lost. A lot of image hosting websites have gone down over the 10, 11 years that I've been, you know, collecting. That information's gone. Hopefully, YouTube's going to be around for a long time. So place to yeah. host that information and knowing that people can come back and hopefully find it if they ever needed to. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really what kind of got me to do those videos. I, I've, like you said, I, I had some things that, that I felt I could share. Um, all the knowledge that I have now about teams specifically has come from other people. Here's somewhere that I can get back. Here's somewhere that, like you said, I can help save people time learning the same things. And then, then maybe they can offer us, everybody else, some, some new information later on down the road instead. I think it's really interesting the way you put that. Yeah. Uh, and also, thanks for telling us like that story. It's It's really good to hear. And also, it sounds like, between how you got involved with sewing and also jerseys, it's a very family-related thing, which is um, just interesting to hear about. Uh, everyone's got some, you know, kind of thread pulls back towards their origins and roots, and it's it's wonderful to hear yours. And um, what a what a wonderful uh, kind of legacy as well. I know you remember your mom for a lot of things, but that's pretty neat and. Um, it's kind of funny how you're using the, uh, you, you can use your game used sewing kit bag to <laughs> work on your game used jerseys if you want, you know, <laughs> um, and you know, just, I appreciate you saying how you found a way to give back because, um, that's what I've been trying to figure out how to do too. Uh, mm. I played hockey for a very long time people have been encouraging me to translate that into coaching. And I definitely want to do that when COVID is, is uh, behind us. And um, I've interviewed some people that are part of a, a podcast to raise awareness over the sport of blind hockey called the dented puck podcast. And they're mm -hmm. like, dude, you should like totally use your, online instruction skills to help us put together like a coaching program for that too. So I'm really oh, wow. encouraged by where my skills are going to lend itself back to hockey in an unexpected way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to 2021. You have to, um, you got to <laughs> stay positive. Right. Um, so just wanted to add to that um, as a more of a comment rather than like any kind of follow-up question, but also to use it as a little bit of a transition into mm -hmm. talking a little bit about how we're both involved with giving back with sport in our communities in some way, shape or fashion. Um, mine is I'm a big advocate for dog nation hockey foundation. They are a nonprofit out of Denver, Colorado that does work to help families in need. And those families are usually those related to hockey in some way. But um, aside from their day-to-day -day initiatives, they're also trying to raise funds to build the first uh, three-rink uh, fully accessible ice rink system for those that participate in things like sled or sledge hockey. 
and um, also just to show that you can build new facilities with accessibility in the front of your mind and it doesn't take away from the able-bodied person's experience and just to have these kinds of facilities is really important um, just to be made aware that these programs exist is also very important so that's my yeah. soapbox and spiel i know that where you work um, your company also does a lot to try to give back and it could be at sport at a at a general level could be very focused at the youth movement but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that mention any companies or programs that you're really um, passionate or or proud of as well and and tell people potentially how they could be involved if they wanted to yeah no absolutely um well, I mean, first and foremost, I, you and I talked on the side before this quite a bit, um, and you've made some of those things that you're involved with known to me. And, you know, I started doing some research and especially the dog nation thing like that was, that was so cool to read about. It was so cool to see very, they're being very targeted and, and they're finding ways to be involved and, and help in some cases, people that really need it. Um, well, in a lot of cases, people really need it. And I, I just, it, it really spoke to me seeing some of the videos, seeing like their, seeing their origin story, seeing like some of the, one of their early, was it one of their founders, I believe passed away quite a few years ago like that. A lot of that really, you know, spoke to me, um, mm -hmm. on a personal level. And I mentioned my mom passed away. Um, now this isn't necessarily hockey or, or Jersey related, but, um, since I was probably in about second grade up until when she passed away, she, uh, had multiple sclerosis. Um, and so for me, the, the MS society is something that I, I really am passionate about, um, knowing that she, you know, spent all of her life, uh, suffering through that. And it's got mm -hmm. pe people that are diagnosed have varying levels of, uh, impact from the disease. Um, but in her case, you know, it, it could range anywhere from just slight miscoordination or, you know, eyesight problems, uh, all the way up to being completely bedridden. Uh, I have a, a previous coworker that I used to work with. She, her mom was literally in a bed and she, I don't think she could move from like the neck up. Um, so wild range of, of impact, uh, I'm sure she was never happy with it, but I would say, fortunately, my mom fell somewhere in the middle. Um, she was still able to kind of walk on her own by the time she passed away. Uh, she couldn't go long distances. Um, you know, going to things like theme parks are really hard for her. She, near the end of her life, we kind of had to like push her around in a wheelchair for the day, which, you know, kind of took a hit to the pride, especially for somebody, you know, to kind of pull this back to sports. Somebody that grew up, she was, she played basketball growing up. She was very active. Um, you mentioned family before, like I, some of the most vivid memories of my life with my mom, she passed away when I was 25, but like as a kid, uh, you know, her taking me just like any other kid to my practices, my game, she never missed a practice, never missed a game, no matter how terrible I was like <laughs> playing mm -hmm. elementary basketball, my, my elementary basketball team never in three years won a single game. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, but like she was still there for everything, you know? And um, some of my most vivid memories were the one or two times after she started, you know, getting any kind of physical limitations to the disease were her walking out into the driveway while I was shooting some 
you know, shooting some hoops in the, in the driver by myself, walking out, telling me dinner was ready or whatever, telling me to throw the basketball to her. She walks out into the driveway, takes one nonchalant shot at the hoop and walks away and like just swish. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and back then, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but looking back now, man, that all kinds of just moments like that are all for me, for whatever reason, all tied around sports. Like I remember her and my dad taking me to a Pittsburgh Pirates game when I was little before they kind of took a nosedive. Um, you know, one or two times I've been a huge Steeler fan all my life, but I've only ever been to the, cause tickets are so hard to get, you know, it's kind of like the trying to get Canadians right. tickets or Maple Leafs tickets. Um, I mean, yet again, like, uh, ultimately what led to my mom's death was she had a stroke and it was a, a couple of days, um, maybe a couple of weeks right before, uh, Super Bowl 45, I think it was when the Steelers played the Packers. Um, my dad had an extra set of tickets. My mom and him were on vacation, the playoff game, um, against the Ravens. and go to the game, have a great time. I come home, I'm talking to her on the phone and she's telling me about how she's just this worst headache of her life and she can't even see straight. And um, by the next week, that really was like the word, the last conversation I ever had with her. The, the next week she had a stroke. The day right before the AFC championship game. Um, and it was just, it's, it's crazy how all that works out. She literally passed away a good day or so after the Super Bowl that year. Um, and even going back to when I was really little, I mentioned earlier Troy Polamalu and like how he was just so unique to the sport. Uh, you know, he, he to me he was he was like a Mario, like a, a Gretzky. Not necessarily that he was the best in the league, but like he had such a unique impact on the game. And being able to watch him play was just so incredible. Um, my mom used to say she was an enormous Pirates fan as a kid. She would tell me about watching Roberto Clemente play. And how he was just so unique for baseball in the same way I felt Paul Malu was for football. Um, so, yeah, for me, like just my mom's disease and, you know, death at a fairly young age for me um, and my brothers and sisters has been a, you know, being so young is kind of a defining moment in our life. Um, a couple of, of years after my mom passed away, my wife's mom passed away. Um, brain cancer. And not oh to, wow! Jeez. Not to be so heavy, but like yet again, like like I said, this was uh, ended up going to be my future mother-in-law and one of my two hockey families that taught me everything I know. Um, she she was a big part of that. Like she always had, uh, she was always buying us tickets to go to the games. My wife and I, we went to multiple games together. Maybe we sat across the arena from her and and you know, my stepfather-in-law, but it's just, it's just so weird how for, at least for me, everything family oriented is always related to sports in some way or another, like major, major life moments in, in one way or another. Um, even, you know, some more happy things, maybe, you know, my wife and I, we've been together since I was 15. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my mid thirties now. And like I said, she, she got me into hockey. So being able to experience things with what would be my future life, things like 
going to the first Winter Classic game in Buffalo was just amazing. Um, we make it a, a priority to try to go to as many arenas as we can. We've crossed off too many yet, um, but we've been to, I think, New Jersey, Columbus, Toronto. Um, so long story short, and while not a lot of this results necessarily within any causes, uh, like I said, it's for me, the MS Society is big just because it's so family oriented. And, and I know, uh, at least to kind of tie that back to hockey, um, Jared McCann on the Penguins, um, his mom also has MS and he makes a big point to do a lot of uh, fundraisers uh, for the MS Society. Um, and uh, it was very, and again, it, it hit me pretty heavy, kind of like whenever I read about Dog Nations, kind of seeing him go through a lot of the same things that my family did with our mom. Um, and knowing now that at least in a way it's kind of tied to the, you know, I think that's one for me, definitely the MS Society. Um, I've done some fundraising for them over the years, some events, bike rides and stuff like that. Um, but maybe on to a bit of a more happy topic. Uh, another one is uh, you mentioned where I work. Um, originally, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to, you know, kind of make this part public. I'm kind of a private guy, but I think it's it's so cool what they do. Um, I work for Dick's Sporting Goods and they have a foundation and part of that foundation is uh, a drive that they call sports matters, sports matter, excuse me. And it's definitely, it's a big point in pride. I think for a lot of people that work there um, that what the company does is, is they go around and whether, you know, uh, sports leagues or sports teams around the U S um, they donate big, you know, sometimes sizable checks to these teams to keep them afloat so people can play, um, whether they're underfunded or they're, they, you know, they're maybe their team has, has had funding cut entirely through the, the, the school system, whatever it might be. Um, I think that's huge because yet again, like tying this all back to family, like I can't imagine no matter how crappy I might have been at some of the sports I played, um, even just like the memories I have of watching sports with my family, like I can't imagine not having that. So to me, that's a, that's a huge, really huge thing, knowing that like they're actually helping kids, giving them the money in a lot of cases to be able to continue playing when maybe sometimes they otherwise wouldn't be able to. So um, I don't know exactly how long that they've been doing this foundation, but uh, uh, again, to kind of pull this back to hockey, they, um, last couple of years, I think they've done twice now, they've done uh, a joint fundraising drive basically with the Penguins where um, for warm-ups, uh, like I said, I think it's been twice now, that for warm-ups one particular game, they took, uh, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods, their main color is green. They've taken a green Penguins jersey and uh, they have a, a special sports matter patch. And then on the back of the jersey, uh, the, the large numbers for the player uh, have a bunch of like special, it's like a very special kit you can't get anywhere else, at least a legitimate one. You can only can only get it by like having purchased one of these jerseys from the team. The, the customizer won't um, for obvious reasons, kind of like with the um, the special warm-up jerseys for the cancer benefit nights. Uh, they, won't, they won't offer that to anybody else, just the team. Right. Um, and so they, they've taken those jerseys, they autograph them, and they put them up for auction. And uh, I mean, they've raised, I, I'm, 
considerable amount of money, I think, over the last couple of years doing that. Um, and uh, it was very interesting last last December, I actually just out of luck happened to be there uh, for a hol- holiday kind of party, if you will. Uh, my team and I from work went and just happened to be at that game. So it was very cool to be there and, and be a part of that for that night. But yeah, like I said, definitely the uh, MS Society for me personally is big. But then also, I think uh, the good work that um, Dick's Sporting Goods does, uh, helping to fund underfunded leagues and teams and such around the U.S. is it's pretty amazing. It is. It's to to kind of tie them together to, um, you know, a lot of what you're talking about with your family. And thank you for sharing such intimate memories. Um, that's what they are, is they're memories that are being created from spending time together that just happened to be taking place at a sporting event. And there's a lot of opportunities that people don't get to have, uh, whether it be playing sport or attending sports. So therefore they're missing out on the opportunities to form friendships, memories, um, and just have the ability to experience life uh, at an equal playing field, pardon the pun. Um, that a lot of other people have that it should be as accessible to everyone. And so, I mean, you look at the sportsmatter.org website for Dick Sporting Goods and like any good um, foundation, they want to educate you a little bit on why there is a problem so that then there are solutions. And when you read such obvious statistics that high poverty schools are 2.1 times more likely not to offer interscholastic sports and that student athletes are more likely to get higher grades and aspire to attend college. Those things go hand in hand or how 30% of the participation gap between children of lower and higher income families exists. And that it only costs between one and one hundred and five hundred dollars per year per person for the majority of youth sports. You realize there's a significant impact that can be made because, in in Dick Sporting Goods' own words, why? Because participation in sports makes people better, mm-hmm. not not sport better. And so, we um, continue to pour money and research into multiple sclerosis. I know that. Within the MS community, a big advocate for that has been a football player from the New Orleans Saints who just recently uh, passed away, I believe, um, but was tireless in his efforts to uh, promote that. And there's a good example, like McCann, of uh, using their sport platform to educate on a disease, but also tie it, excuse me, into sport um, in some way that makes people recognize that, like, we're all connected. This is a family thing. Um, him becoming a professional athlete is the byproduct of his family supporting him and his family can't support him without, you know, the means within the household. And there's just so many ways that you can draw how they're connected. And I think that's kind of the message that we should be conveying right now is that, um, you should be involved because it, it has an impact and you can make a difference. And sometimes those measurable successes aren't um a matter of how many people from a program end up becoming professional athletes it's more like 
how much time are you giving them to spend in development or time away from things that would otherwise be detrimental to their lives and uh, things of that nature that aren't as easily quantifiable, but are significant in someone's life. So, Right. I mean, especially, I mean, monetarily, if you can even just consider, you know, again, bringing it back to specifically now, <laughs> dirty secret, I've maybe ice skated twice in my life <laughs> and I'm not very good at it. Um, but I'm aware of how expensive it is to play the, the cost of the equipment, the ice time, like that's hard to come by in general. So, um, hockey specifically, like, you know, there, yeah. there it's, it's, it's been noted heavily how big of an impact players like Lemieux and Pittsburgh were for driving youth participation or Gretzky, not just youth participation, but interest in general in LA whenever he there um same thing with crosby but like crosby at least in you know modern day he's i think he does uh like a little mini camp with um a bunch of really young kids to teach him how to play hockey uh, and if i product of the tim horton's uh little tykes hockey program you know about winning or you know whatever I and mean, it's obviously winning is a big a big portion of it <laughs> nobody team but like you said a lot a lot of it is just participation. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so my first ever date with my girlfriend was to a hockey game. And we also went to a stadium series game. And it was fun. And it has been fun to see her become more of a fan of sport and also of hockey because um, she's a girl from Texas who likes the warmth and the idea of getting her to sit down for three hours and watch a hockey game outside at a, a, a mile above sea level in the winter was a big stretch. So I knew she really <laughs> liked me at that point, which was really good. But, you know, to your comment about how it makes me sad that people don't recognize the impact sport can make beyond just who wins or loses. I'll, I'll have to admit as a sport guy through and through, it's been wonderful for my partner to show me other hobbies, interests, and things that she has that proves that same message. That uh, whether it be something in the performing arts or just in all of her other interests, and I won't mention them, but they're extensive, I've become a more aware person of what hobby A, B, and C can do for someone in life in general. And so I just want people to be aware that like sport is definitely one of those things too. So give it a chance. I, I appreciate like people recognizing that, you know, getting into something like hockey is really hard because the puck moves around really quickly or football. It seems like you need a PhD these days to understand the rules. <laughs> we, we recognize that as sports guys uh, and fans, but there's a whole other thing going on. Look at the ceremonies happening before the puck drop or the little things in the intermissions of the games that are never going to show up on TV. There's always something being promoted uh, and trying to be raised uh, the awareness of. So I just encourage people to look at sport from that lens as I've started to apply that to other areas of my life and been very well rewarded as a result of it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, even just one last final thought, like just think of the people that you could interact with and meet and, you know, maybe become 
lifelong friends. Maybe there's somebody you, you've met once, but still just like all the, all the different stories you could have, all, all the, the connections you could make. Um, people, like I said, you might never see again. We, my wife and I were at a game against, I don't even know who, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you, uh, a Penguin game. And we went down to the glass for pregame just to watch the warmups. And I happened to look under my chair and I found that there was a digital camera sitting there. And I, I don't do like, if I take this to, to um, like the lost and found, somebody might not even ever go there. I flipped it on really quick. I was like, you know, maybe it's somebody like some evidence of like who this might be. Maybe they're sitting nearby and I can just hook them up with it really quick. I flipped it on and I see some pictures of, the, of guys like we weren't playing the Canadians. And these guys were dressed in all Canadians jerseys, just happened to be at the glass sitting uh. a couple of minutes before then. And I was like, oh, my God, this couldn't be more perfect. And as soon as the game started, we waited till the, the game actually started. We sat in our seat and I just looked up. I'm just scanning the entire arena. Boom. Here they are way up in the top row, the top section. There was maybe five or six of them. And we went up halfway through the game. And, and I'm glad, like. I'm glad I looked because they didn't even realize that they lost it. And I was like, Hey, do you guys use a digital camera? And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. And they went to look and I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, we did. And so we were talking to these guys from, they were just making, you know, random, random road trips, different, different arenas just to say that they've been there. And we ended up hanging out. They, I declined quite a few times, but they, they tried to buy me a beer. And I was like, no, really, it's just, I'm just glad you got your, your thing back. Like what a cool story though. Like being able to hang out with them, talk through a whole intermission and just, I'll never see them again, but just that is just a cool little story. That's really cool that you got to have that moment. I'm glad to hear they tried to buy you beers too. I assume they're from Canada. That's the Canadian thing to do. It's the least they could have. And, uh, well, it didn't awesome. matter how many times I said, no, they actually did. They said, no, no, you're taking <laughs> this. And they bought two beers and shoved them in our hands. And we, we... <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All right. Well, you know, thanks for such a great chat. I uh, definitely can't let you go without asking you some trivia questions. I think I enjoy it more than anyone else. It's, uh, <laughs> um, but it's also a great opportunity for you to add to your patch collection. I just had water bottle on here last week, and uh, uh, I think she wanted a um, stand up for cancer patch or uh, hockey fights cancer patch or something. Gosh, I should yeah. check my notes, but the only real rules here are that the questions change every time. Um, there's sometimes multiple choice, true, false, whatever, but they're somehow related to the guest or what we've talked about and stuff like that. And I uh, have yours centered around the Pittsburgh Penguins in some way, shape or fashion. And um, from looking over a lot of jerseys, I'm sure you're familiar with the history enough to give this a go. So we're going to see how you do. Um, your your first question is uh, just you have to give me the year. OK. Ooh. And um, it's that the Penguins have it's it's related to the P Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys as well. Mm -hmm. So um, and you need to get two out of three correct to win. And uh, your first question is that the Penguins have changed the colors and designs of their jerseys over the years for sure. Uh, but they've had a white jersey to complement whatever other jersey they have every single season of their existence, all the way dating back to 1967, 68, except for one year 
one year for some reason uh they don't have a white jersey do you know what season this is oh wow that's man i was hoping you're gonna bring it that's actually i'm not even sure that i realized that that was the case um if i had to guess I'm probably going to try and narrow it down, let's say, to the early 80s sometime, because I'm pretty sure that there was maybe a year that they just had the yellow jersey, maybe? You are very hot. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Yep. Um, I'm not sure that I was aware that they didn't have a white one, but, oh, man, let's say 82. Okay. I mean, 83, 84, you were really freaking close. Yes. Uh. They had the, they introduced the yellow, you know, um, from their typical white and black from 1980. They introduced a yellow the next year in 8081, and they kind of wear it sparingly on occasion. Um, this is kind of before any kind of like true third jersey situations going on. And then yeah. in, 83-84, they wear gold exclusively at home for one season. And then 84 is when Mario Lemieux comes into the league. And there's some interesting thing here because I know, you know, as like a Penguins fan, there's like a lot of passion around maybe Lemieux not liking the robo pen and never wanting <laughs> to see it come back and stuff like that. And researching this, I kind of believe that even more now. Because um, they they don't have a white jersey. They even, starting the 84 season, are wearing the yellow jersey in the preseason. But rumor has it, like, Lemieux wasn't really digging it. And so they yeah. ditch the yellow and bring back the white. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that is the only time in the preseason he did wear the yellow. That's interesting. Hey, no shame. That was a, that's a hard question. That's a good one. Dang. Okay, well, we're sticking with Mario here. So okay. uh, your next question. Uh, Lemieux has some really cool history about him when it comes to goal scoring. He was incredibly hyped coming into his career, and he lived up to it right away by scoring on his first shot on his first shift in the NHL. So it can't do much better than that. And he's also had a rather remarkable record like that will likely never be matched by any other player where he scored five goals how many different ways in one game? Five. Correct. And yeah. bonus, can you name all five different ways that he was, he was able to score in that one game? Uh, so even strength, power play, he had a penalty shot i believe um shorthanded oh man why am i forgetting everyone can name four i mean i know with enough time you'll get it you already got the harder ones it's um it's empty net empty net yeah there it is geez but i mean a lot of empty nets too yeah he did he has the (laughs) highest empty net per game ratio or something it's super (laughs) weird i mean People will look into that and be like, oh, his stats are inflated. It's like also when you're down by a goal, you put your best players on the ice. And (laughs) he wasn't obviously just good offensively because he's a huge guy with a long reach. So, 
he's out there for defense too, you know? Um, yeah, very good. And, uh, your last question is sticking with Lemieux and goal scoring and stuff like that. So all of the following things that I'm about to tell you are true about Mario Lemieux. You have to tell me the one statement though, of these four that is false. Okay. So three out of four of these are correct. You have to tell me which one is incorrect. And Mario Lemieux is the only player to dot, dot, dot. And here's all of them. Mario Lemieux is the only player with three eight point games. Jesus Christ. He's the (laughs) only player to score 30 plus power play goals in two different seasons. Wow. He's the only player with 70 plus power play points in a single season. Can you imagine that? Like just people don't even get 70 points in a season, but to get all like just 70 alone on the power play. Oh my God. And then the last one is he's the only player occupying all of the top 10 places in the NHL record for points and assists in a season. Repeat the last one. He's the only player ever to occupy all of the top 10 places in the NHL records for points in a season and assists in a season. So the top 10 performances of points in a season, all top 10 of them of all time are all Mario Lemieux. All top 10 times of assists in a season, all top 10 of them, they're all Mario Lemieux. Is that correct? Or I'll go with D. Yeah, that's... The reason why that is so interesting is because the only other person is Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so the two of them own the top 10 assist seasons and point seasons of all time, which is just uh, nuts to me. It's crazy. Yeah. I just showed my wife something the other day about even just Penguins specifically about all the different scoring titles that they held from, you know, the 90s all the way up and through almost 2000s like it's just it's unreal and the fact that the only other player is Lemieux Yager and then Gretzky those are the only three that won it over like a course of 20 seasons that's just insane I know you and you don't know this because it hasn't aired yet but that was water bottles question on the previous (laughs) episode I was like who's the only other player because that's the nutty thing and for someone like you who kind of um became a Penguins fan more during like the Crosby era and and water bottle too like it's kind of fascinating to tell people like you don't i i i hope you recognize that like malkin crosby winning the art ross like every year is like supposed to be a not normal thing but also <laughs> like previous to that you had yager lemieux basically doing it as well so for like 20 years you have the best player in the nhl point wise on your team aside from like four other players that's it that's nuts so you know enjoy my it my wife yeah absolutely and my wife and i are super into uh fantasy hockey and you mentioned about power play points mm-hmm. like how the hell do i find a guy that's got that many power play points in a season please <laughs> yeah no kidding jesus like <laughs> it's crazy it's i you yeah. know ironically that's like pretty much how yager finished out his remaining oh. years in the nhl was just like good luck moving this big butt off of a power play <laughs> with one less player on it you know it's like yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah it's the fantasy season's coming up i'm 
worried about that too. I'm never all that good at it, but it's always <laughs> fun. Just like this podcast, it's just another excuse to talk about hockey in some other fashion. So exactly. On that note, you know, I'll let you get to your draft board predictions and uh you know just really thank you so much for coming on the show it was so much fun just to talk to you about um stuff and i i guess we did mention jerseys every now and then but uh honestly <laughs> man thank you so much for your videos in the community if people are interested in checking those out um they're all under the name pens jerseys on youtube all one word and uh, definitely recommend you watch them if you're like me, where you're at the stage now of investing to this level of uh, now sewing your own stuff. So thanks for that. Um, I also want to thank all of our listeners like yourself over the last few months. It's been a lot of fun. If you have any other feedback or suggestions for us um you can hit us up at hockey jersey addicts at gmail.com we also just launched our website triple w hockey jersey addicts.com and um pretty much planning on throwing up resources there so pens jerseys i'd love to link to all of your videos as a good source so um yeah keep that in mind and you know be uh just want to say thanks again and um the mic is yours to give any more shout outs thank yous uh before we uh see each other next on uh, a bidding war on ebay no just kidding we're on different teams and stuff <laughs> so not worried about that but um thanks again man yeah no thank you uh, like i said i had a i, I love listening listening to the different episodes every time they come out so this was it was a lot of fun for me um and it took us a little little while to kind of find a date to do this but it gave me a long time to look forward to it so um yeah i had a lot of fun uh like we said earlier i think probably the biggest takeaway for anybody that's starting out um uh, both collecting just ask just who knows oh my god who knows what you're gonna find if you just ask and then um as far as sewing itself just just find an old t-shirt or whatever that you don't care about if you got some old some old numbers or whatever just just give it a go see see what you can do it's not that hard um there's people all over that are willing to, to, to go out of their way to help and, and answer questions. And I'm one of them, you know, I've gotten quite a few people over the last couple of months after seeing my videos, reach out and ask, and I tell them reach out anytime. It might take me a little bit to get back to you, but by all means, uh, I think it's only right that with all the help that I've been given over the years from different collectors, I kind of do the same thing. So hoping, hoping to pay that back. Uh, cheers, man. And thanks again for joining. And, um, Happy holidays. Have a great rest of your time off work. And um, here's looking forward to 2021. Yeah, likewise. Same to you, man. Let's, let's get past this 2020. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Okay. Bye. <laughs>